Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Story time. I'll preface this by saying I now live in Melbourne, Australia. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. But I lived in California for three years between 2015-2018, and I've got a story. My potential skinwalker encounter was in September 2016. I had finished summiting Mount Whitney, California, and had been doing months of training to do it. Early in the evening, when I got back down from the mountain, I went into Lone Pine to get some food and get ready for the drive back to LA but before that I went to the Alabama Hills scenic area just out of town to sit and eat some food and marvel at the 14,000 feet mountain I had just summited with my team. They were still in the town center. As the sun set, I turned to the side and behind a small hill, was an old homeless-looking man in ragged clothes and grimy hair. He stood there slightly slumped and motionless. Inside my mind I was shitting myself, because to me, something seemed extremely off and my gut feeling was telling me to get out of there. 
but I tried to stay composed and asked him if he wanted any food or needed anything. He stayed as still as a statue and didn't respond. I gave him a few more options to respond before telling him I'm not staying here any longer. And I started to move back to my car. I hurried up the process quickly and started the engine. Put my seatbelt on, when I looked back up the man wasn't there and instead it was now a half-deformed looking coyote. Which made an ear-piercing scream and stood on its hind legs, it would have been six feet, I backed it in reverse and floored it out of there and it kept up with me for at least 200 meter. I'm pretty much convinced that it was a skinwalker. I know they're technically only in Utah or Arizona but these things probably don't know what borders are, and I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up in California and Nevada as well. It was a dark and quiet night at the remote campground where I worked as a park ranger. Having been on the job for over a year, I had grown used to the eerie sounds that filled the forest at night. However, this particular night was different. I could hear strange, unearthly howls echoing through the woods as I sat in my small cabin. Although I had heard animal sounds before, these howls were unlike anything I had ever heard. They seemed to come from a large and powerful creature, and they sent shivers down my spine. Despite my fear, I knew it was my job to investigate. So, I grabbed my flashlight and set out into the woods. As I made my way deeper into the forest, the howls grew louder and more frequent. I couldn't shake the feeling that I was being watched, and I soon found evidence that my instincts were correct. Large paw prints were scattered throughout the campground, and the trees were scratched and broken in a way that could only have been caused by a powerful creature. My fear grew as I realized that I was not alone in the woods. I knew that something was stalking me, and I had no idea what it could be. I tried to radio for backup, but the signal was weak and I couldn't get through. As the night wore on, the howls grew louder and closer. I realized that I was being hunted, and I was running out of options. I tried to find a place to hide, but the creature seemed to be one step ahead of me at every turn. Finally, I found myself backed up against a tree, with the creature looming over me. It was larger than any animal I had ever seen, with glowing eyes and razor-sharp teeth. I knew that I was no match for the creature and prepared for the worst. But just as the creature lunged forward, I heard the sound of gunshots. The creature let out a deafening howl and fled back into the woods. I collapsed to the ground, gasping for air, and was soon surrounded by my fellow rangers. They had heard my radio distress signal and had rushed to my aid. I was taken to the hospital, where I was treated for my injuries and given a few days off to recover. I was at Page Mountain Snow Park with about 9 or 10 others campers. We were just camping out for the weekend and having a good time. We, while exploring the area on a previous trip had come across a mine. It was marked with a mine claim paper in a jar hanging from a tall stick in the ground. We went to the Josephine County Clerk to find out what other mining claims are in the area with interest in filing a claim ourselves, if an abandoned claim was in the area. It turns out that there are four or five claims directly in front of the cabin. On the night we saw it, we had arrived at the cabin after dark and set up camp. We had a little map of the area this time and after a few beers around the campfire we decided, me and three or four other guys, to grab some flashlights and take a look in the woods. The girls stayed back at the cabin and we guys went down the road in two Suzuki Samurais. We left the samurais running with headlights on facing toward us and the cabin. We couldn't see the cabin from there. The woods are very dense and it was a ways off. We were laughing and making a lot of noise as we circled through the dense area. We got almost to the cabin when we decided to turn back and retrieve our rigs, which we couldn't even hear at this point. I personally got a very strange feeling that something was watching us. I began to feel very uncomfortable but didn't say anything. Soon we were able to hear the Samurai's engines running, they were both very loud with exhaust leaks to boot, we ended up making a very wide circle back to the rigs and ended up on a ridge looking down at the Samurai's. 
probably 50 or 60 feet higher in elevation and maybe 250 feet away. We had to descend a steep slope to arrive at the rigs and we decided to chill out and rest for a minute before we headed down. I lit a cigarette as did others and was looking down at the samurais when something huge and hairy walked between us and the headlights. We all saw it as it first passed in front of my rig blocking the headlights completely where it stood for just a second. Long enough for everyone to see it. Then it passed by the other samurai in one large step blocking the headlights. All I could really see was that it was furry, brown or black. This I could see in the light of the headlights but because it was between us and the light we couldn't make out a shape at all. The only thing we could tell was that it had no fear at all of those noisy samurais or the headlights and that it was tall. From where we were standing it would have to be at least 5 feet tall to block the headlights from our view. If it were a bear, which is what we all agreed to that night then why would it walk right past those samurais, why would it walk in front of them instead of behind them? Way would it be walking upright? I don't know much about bears but I don't think they are that tall while on all fours. Whatever it was, I'm convinced that it was watching the girls at our cabin when we unexpectedly crashed through the woods scaring it out. Our decision to suddenly crash through the woods could not have been expected by the creature. We caught it by surprise but it wasn't running away. It walked away slowly and it didn't know there weren't any people in those rigs. If there had been then they would have gotten the fright of their life. Because as I mentioned before it paused in front of the headlights for a second. We all spent a very scary night at the cabin. We didn't let this experience run us off. But we all felt like we were being watched as we slept. We all agreed that it was a bear and didn't discuss it again for a few years. Until the other night one of my friends, who was with us that night, told me, out of the blue, that he thinks it was a Sasquatch. Well, since he said it first, I agreed. But none of us have discussed that night since. This took place in October of 2020. Myself, my brother, and my brother's eldest son were gathering the cattle and herding them to the Mint homestead, where they could be loaded on trucks and taken to our home ranch for the winter. By this point the weird activity on the ranch had increased, so much so that we never went to the ranch without being armed. This day was no exception, and strapped to the saddle under my left leg was a Winchester 30-30 rifle. The morning went well, and by noon we had gathered 200 head which we penned up at the mint place. After eating a quick lunch, my brother and nephew loaded their horses and left. My nephew had a football game later that day. I stayed alone and rode northwest, toward the Carter homestead. The first strange thing to happen was when I rode down a canyon. As I was riding I could hear multiple howls and cries coming from all directions. I cannot describe what these howls sounded like, because they were like nothing I had heard before or since. As I continued riding in the canyon I was overcome with a feeling of dread. My horse, Ace, seemed to pick up on this as well and began spooking at almost every shadow. This was very out of character for him, as he was usually a very calm and collected horse. The second strange thing was when I approached the Carter homestead. As I crested a hill in front of it, something jumped out of the old log cabin and ran in the opposite direction. I was still close to a mile away, so I had to use my binoculars to get a better look. What I saw through the lenses chilled me to the bone. It was a wolf, but it was massive, and solid black. It was so large that it could be mistaken for a black bear, but it was undeniably canine. After seeing the wolf my gut told me to turn around and come back later with company, but I ultimately continued. Throughout the course of the afternoon I managed to convince myself that the wolf I saw was nothing more than a coyote, and that its black fur was just a shadow. It was nearing dusk before I arrived back at the mint place, herding 30 head of cattle in front of me. After I penned the cattle up I led Ace back to my pickup and horse trailer. From a distance I could see there was something wrong with the trailer, and as I approached I found that the axle had come apart. It didn't make any sense to me as it was fine when I drove in, and there was no explanation as to what could have made it come apart when it wasn't moving. 
By this time it was fairly dark outside, and as we were coming out the next day I decided to unhook the trailer and leave Ace at the corrals overnight. When I left I saw three blue lights near the corrals, but I attributed these lights to hunters so I continued driving. I also heard some more of the howls I had heard earlier in the day. When all three of us arrived the next morning we found the corrals in a total mess. All the grass was turned up inside the corrals where the cattle had been milling, and the fence was broken in several places. The cattle that were penned up the night before were nowhere to be found, along with Ace. My brother and nephew took off on horseback to try to locate some of the cattle and Ace, but only managed to find around 20 head. As I was without a horse we repaired the trailer and left later in the afternoon. The next day all three of us rode, and we searched exclusively for Ace. During this time I covered a lot of country that I would have otherwise missed, and I discovered more bizarre things. At the bottom of one canyon were hundreds of holes, about one foot in diameter and three foot deep. These holes had to have been dug by people, as there would be no animal that would have dug them. I also found a bone pile, which was exceptionally strange. There were the carcasses of four cows, all piled on top of each other, in an area that they typically would not have accessed. At first I thought that this was the act of poachers who were illegally killing and butchering cattle at the ranch, but there would have been no way to get to this location with a pickup or a four-wheeler for that matter. The more we searched, the less sense everything made. We searched for three days before we came across something. My brother radioed me, as there was no cell service, that he believed he had found Ace. My nephew and I rode to his location, and sure enough at the bottom of a sinkhole, sinkholes are very common in this area, so its presence was not unusual, was the carcass of Ace, along with three cows. The sinkhole was at the bottom of a canyon, with the walls of this canyon being 300 feet tall the sinkhole being another 20 feet deep. It took an hour just to climb down the canyon walls. When I finally approached the sinkhole I found Ace to be heavily mutilated. Both ears were removed, along with the eyes, nostrils and hooves. The back half of him was not exposed but it looked like his tail was also removed. The cows surrounding him also had similar mutilations. As was the case with the howls, the wolf, and the trailer, None of this made sense. It would have been almost impossible for just one cow to end up in this location, let alone three cows and a horse. There were also no tracks leading into or out of the sinkhole or canyon. The sheriff and veterinarian were both notified and an investigation was launched. The ultimate conclusion was that something had caused the cattle to spook and break out of the corrals and whatever it was spooked them so bad that they ran all the way from Mint Place to the bottom of the sinkhole, in which they perished. When I mentioned the wolf I had seen, they were dismissive, just as I had been when the hunters told me of the wolf three years prior. No foul play was suspected, and the case was closed. Though there were many strange things that have happened since then, there were none quite as upsetting as the loss of my horse. Cattle continued to go missing and we now only ride the place in pairs. My brother and I are thinking about terminating the lease as for the moment the current cattle losses are unsustainable. I've always been a big YouTube watcher, and found that many stories on the site came from Reddit, so I decided to share mine. Though I don't have any pictures of Ace in the sinkhole, my phone was destroyed in an unrelated incident and I didn't have my files backed up, I do have pictures of a separate bone pile in some of the ranch. Two weeks ago, me and a group of buddies were having a bonfire out in Kuna, Idaho. I was feeling down that night so I decided to unload my dirt bike and take a little night ride on some trails. I went alone and rode for probably 3 miles from the fire up on a hill. I sat up there for probably 45 minutes and I was 100% alone up there. There was nobody around. From time to time I would hear small laughter really close by sounded like two three people it wasn't constant i would hear it every five minutes and it kept getting closer i had that funny feeling that i wasn't alone after all so i went to go start my bike and of course it didn't want to start i was able to bump start it going down the hill and it did not want to stay running 
I don't think it sat long enough for the engine temp to drop all the way back down. I had to keep revving it to keep it running trying to head back to the fire. The whole time I was really scared for no reason. I couldn't convince myself to go faster than 5 miles per hour which was strange because I always haul ass. I have a light bar mounted on my bike so I was able to see just fine. At first riding back, I thought I seen shadow figures in the corner of my eyes, but they would disappear. I made it back safe and nothing else happened, but I knew there was something out there that night. I didn't think much of it until I heard my buddies talking about skinwalker stories in that same area. People tell me I got extremely lucky that night. I don't know what to believe. Who knows what was out there with me that night. The laughter, my bike not wanting to run, the feeling I had, and the shadow figures are all things in common I saw from other stories. It was a strange night. If anyone on here is from Kuna, Idaho and knows anything about skinwalker encounters out there, feel free to reach out. Two stories. Both mysteries solved slash resolution, but both very creepy. Both took place on the California coast south of San Francisco, part of Half Moon Bay for the Californians on here. I'm a paleontologist, and while I was an undergraduate student, I spent a lot of time collecting data, rock samples, and fossils for a series of publications on fossil sharks, fish, birds, and marine mammals. I was at the fossil site which consists of vertical sea cliffs, with somewhat shitty trails down to the beach every 1-2 to two miles. I happened to be where the easiest trail down opens up into a bit of a wide canyon that the beach sand fills, Highway 1 is about 200 feet uphill and about 300 feet away from the beach, very short, and you can see the tops of cars whizzing away. I'm on my lunch break, and, fortunately, at one of the only places along that six-mile section of coast with cell service. This is 2006, so I've got a shitty Verizon flip phone that had virtually no service except this one spot. On my last visit, I could browse Facebook on my iPhone down there. I see a guy on a bike, far enough away I can't tell his age. He's riding south, toward Santa Cruz. He sees me and stops, and stares. I keep eating. He disappears. I look back a minute later and he's about 100 feet down the trail, staring at me. He starts jacking himself off. I immediately pull out my rock hammer and brandish it to show that I'm armed, and call the sheriff's department. I tell them I'm going to wait where I am and that they should call me or signal me when they get to my car to escort me back up to the highway. In the meantime, this guy has disappeared. I do not know if he is waiting somewhere for me along the trail, and I do not know if he knows the other trails well enough and if he'll follow me along the beach. I'm also trapped, I cannot go north, because the tide is too high. About 40 minutes later I see a sheriff at the top of the trail wave me up, on the phone, they indicate they caught the guy, who claimed he was peeing. We went, found no pee. They warned him and let him go, some homeless guy, apparently unarmed. This is about a year ago, same locality. I'm out there with my wife, looking for fossils. I've always expected that someday, walking through the detritus that washes up on the shore of the Pacific, that I'm going to find a body or part of one. We're about a mile south of where I met the homeless masturbator, and I see a brown cardboard box sitting against the cliff, and it smells like rotten flesh. Like, sweet Jesus, smells like a dead sea lion. The box is also sticky and covered in sand, it measures about 8 feet deep, and is about a 16 feet wide square. I know that, as a scientist, and the son of attorneys slash judges, I need to a, satisfy my own curiosity and b, report anything serious to the authorities. So, like any good scientist, I grab a stick and poke it to try and open it. Instead of opening, the whole thing jiggles like a giant slab of jello. My mind went to WTF and then immediately realized it was a slab of whale blubber. I've participated in a whale necropsy before, and you remove blubber with a two-person team. One holds a big-ass meat hook and someone with a Norwegian whaling knife cuts a strip, typically one to two feet wide, 
After the incisions are made, the knife holder cuts away at the connective tissue as the hooker pulls the strip of blubber away. The knifer then cuts the strip off into incremental pieces. Turns out this was from a sperm whale necropsy that had taken place about a week before. I was deer hunting on the east slope of a very steep hillside and saw movement about 70 yards down and away from me. I started to bring my rifle up but realized it was too dark and tall to be a deer. I saw this thing walk through the trees and even though it was very dry and crunchy in the woods it made no sound. I saw it walk very briskly for about 40 yards and then turned down the slope and out of sight. Also noticed, the following day in an area a few miles away we found unusually large dung piles, full of berry remains, and my hunting partner and I thought they were from a very big and even then thought it would be difficult for a bear to pass such a large diameter stool. This happened a few years ago in August, in a small town in northern Connecticut called Ellington. A childhood friend of mine and I were both working as security at a club a few miles away, and would occasionally hang out for a bit after knocking off for the night. One night at around 2 am we decide to take a walk around the farm property across the street from my buddy's place. We'd done this a thousand times over the years, didn't think anything of it. So we're strolling across a field just chatting, maybe 20 yards from the tree line where this field quickly turns into a swamp, when this sound erupts out of the woods stopping us cold. I've been hiking around this area most of my life and I've never heard anything like this. Instantly, all the hair on the back of my neck stands up. It's a tough sound to describe, but basically a very deep, bass woofing wheezing. Almost sounded like a gigantic engine trying but failing to turn over, but less mechanical and more organic sounding. I've seen some decently large white-tailed deer in that area, but this sound was so loud and deep I felt it in my chest. We've both searched for recordings of deer that come anywhere close to what we heard and have never found anything. We turned around immediately and hoofed out of there. I'm sure that sound has a perfectly reasonable natural explanation, but I've yet to find it. That's easily the most frightened I've been in my adult life. It was late at night, around 11.30-11.45. Myself and a buddy were sitting at the fire talking when we heard a commotion on the other side of the creek about 15 yards from us. It sounded like a very large animal was rolling down the embankment towards the creek. We heard a howling sound and short grunting noises coming closer and closer. Now here I must tell you that I have just listened to a few of the audio clips on this site and the clip titled Westmoreland Moans has got the hair on the back my neck standing on end. It is the exact same sound. At first we thought it was a coyote with a really strange howl, but there was no answer in the distance from another in response. The sound came closer and closer until we could hear splashing in the creek 15 yards away. All of a sudden a deer came bolting through our camp, surprising the heck out of us. Then we sat down and laughed it off. But it wasn't over. We could hear something still on the other side of the creek breaking branches and twigs. We caught a faint odor, like that of an extremely dirty dog, then came the moan again and splashing around in the water. I had brought my .22 rifle with me and took the opportunity to fire a few rounds into the air. We heard a horrible grunting sound and then we could hear it going back up the embankment on the other side of the creek. Terrified, we hopped into the truck, but didn't leave. I aimed my headlights toward the other side of the creek to try to see anything. We saw nothing but could still hear loud grunts or snorts. We left for the evening and came back at daylight to retrieve the rest of our belongings. Driving into camp we could see that things had been moved around. We couldn't find any footprints, but did see branches broken and bent as high up as 9 to 10 feet. Since then I have returned only once to show a friend where it had happened. As I was walking very slowly trying to be as quiet as possible in the tinder dry branches and needles I noticed movement about 75 yards down the slope from me. 
I started to raise my rifle but immediately noticed the animal I saw was dark brown slash black in color. My thoughts immediately processed that it was a bear but then it was very apparent the animal I was looking at was on two legs. I was in disbelief of what I was seeing. I raised my rifle to look through the scope but the animal was walking very briskly through the woods as if it was on roller skates, very fluid movements. I watched it for about 15-20 seconds as it changed direction away and down the slope from me. It had started towards an open meadow but then turned and headed down the slope through the trees. Later that night after I had recounted my experience to the others in our party we experienced noises coming from either side of the meadow where we were camped. At first there was a loud crack from one side, after a few moments there was a loud crack from behind our camp. We thought it may be a herd of elk in the timber and shined a light into the dark to see what we could see but there was nothing. We experienced the same types of sounds and experiences, the sound of large branches cracking from either side of our campsite, two more times over the next hour. I had woke up early in the morning to use the restroom. When I went to step back into my room I noticed something in my window staring at me. It was dark in the room and my window was wide open without a screen this was also a trailer house which had higher windows than most homes I seen a reddish orange reflection of two eyes looking at me. After a second of trying to see what it was I realized it wasn't anything I've ever seen before. I stood in the hallway with this animal staring at me for what felt like 30 seconds but was more like 5-10 seconds before I had enough courage to scream. I was so scared I couldn't move or scream. This thing had to have been 7.5 feet tall. I measured it from the ground up to the window where the top of the head would have been. This home is kinda out in the hills and is a forested area with a lot of rabbits and there was also a grapevine about 3 feet from my window. This image has never left my mind and when I talk about it, it makes that fear come over me again. I know what I saw and would take a lie detector test to prove what I saw, and I do believe it was a Bigfoot. I am late for the party. Well, I was working as a chef cleaner whatever for a small company. I mostly did all the available job there, so I had to work many hours also night shifts and so. I worked there for 13 years, and I was in relative seclusion since I was working mostly alone. A lot of hours, and had no private time at all, so it felt life seclusion. So, where do I start? First creepy experience of many I got was when I was working during night shifts, I saw a woman walking by. I can describe the clothes, the hair color, everything. She was barefoot, she looked real 100%. I even started searching for her around since I thought it was real. Only her face was blurry. It would not be so strange if the company wasn't like 15 to 20 minutes driving from the nearest city through secondary roads in the middle of the woods at night. Also the company was on the edge of the forest so there is absolutely nothing around for someone to be there. Since then I used to work with the owner dog with me, I know it's not legal but I was scared like hell. And the animal wasn't comfortable being there, I had to force him to be there. My second creepy experience was listening chantings and noises on the second floor right above the factory. There was, I guess there still is, some sort of apartment. With a bed and an office, nothing else, and I wasn't the only one that has listened to those strange noises. Some people that took care of the building during staff vacations told me. Many years later, he used to avoid this part of the building since he heard voices and chantings. My third creepy encounter could be a repercussion of the others, since I was sleeping and living in the apartment that I previously talked about. Above the factory. One night, I heard, clearly my name. There was plenty of light from the moon, and I remember waking up, and I could see my breath. It was super cold, and that's not common during summer. I failed to explain that I worked there for 13 years but just from June to September. I couldn't move, and I know what are you gonna say, sleep paralysis and it was probably that. But I heard a woman, old creepy woman, talking to me, right in my heart. I could feel her breath in my ear and I swear to god I could see the pressure of her body in the sheets and the bed, 
like she was lying right beside me. I don't quite remember all what she said, but after she was done, I could swear that I saw how the pressure over the bed was released and heard some footsteps on the wooden floor. Also the door to exit the room opened. It could be the wind since the window was open, whatever it was it scared the hell out of me, I have never been so scared in my life. I guess it could be sleep paralysis and I choose to believe so I also was under a lot of stress, so I don't know maybe was my brain playing with me. What it makes this even more creepy is that this apartment was loaned to other workers, so, some other people used to sleep there during other periods of the year. Some other year, I worked with a woman that used to sleep there before she moved, talking to her, she told me she moved out of fear. She said she could see an old creepy lady. She didn't go into details but she refused to go in there and seemed to be truly scared. Maybe our boss told her my story so she was conditioned, I don't know. The place wasn't pleasant at all, it's all I can say, I don't know why. I got many other experiences from the place, but I wanted to keep the story short, I also can answer with more details if someone is interested. I grew up in Lebanon and I used to go hiking quite often in the mountains with friends in high school and college. My college camping club decides to do a night hike on Cornet El Sauda, Black Horn, which is the tallest peak in the country. The peak is only two miles above sea level and the paths are easily visible on full moons, so we thought it would be fun for a group of experienced hikers. There were some 15 of us, and I took point along with two other friends. The night was relatively clear but we'd had alerts of high northern winds so there was a risk of dust clouds passing through. One of those clouds manages to catch us right as we're cresting one of the passages leading out of a small ravine, and we decide to hunker down and wait for the other dozen hikers to catch up to us. That's when we start hearing these scraping sounds from the opposite side of where we expected the hikers and perpendicular to the wind's direction, like heavy footsteps on the loose scree. We're on the top of a mountain at 2 a.m., 15 miles away from the nearest village, and there shouldn't be anything up there big enough to move that much scree with every step. The local rangers had said we were the only group up there that night too. It keeps up for a good 10 minutes, sometimes closer and sometimes farther away like something was wandering around. We had no idea what the F it was. I tried to joke about calling it, but my friends looked at me like I was an idiot so I kept it shut. Then it stopped. The other hikers caught up 5 minutes later, right as the wind was dying down, so we told them about it and they thought we were pulling their leg. We walked up the path now that we could see it, and sure enough we could see a couple of spots where the scree and loose stones had been pushed down the slope on either side of the crest, but we never saw anything else. The rest of the hike was uneventful and most of our group concluded that the wind had just pushed the loose rock down, but I don't understand how it could have done that down both sides of a crest. On a rowing team, coach couldn't get off work, so it fell to me to direct practice. Steady state, long, slow, maintainable, pace for a long time, up the river to the Lake Erie, appropriately. Four rowers and myself, all of them facing backwards, with me steering and directing them. We leave from Toledo, north down the Mami, which is a shipping corridor. By the time we passed the last buoy, there were no lights ahead, late afternoon practice, late fall, clouds, light drizzle, and there was nothing but a black wall to look forward at. Our bow light threw off too little light to really see by, just enough to be seen. Given that our team had discovered corpses on every other attempt at this row, we were expecting to see some shit. Not seeing anything was equally disturbing, though, and it was getting late, so we turned around. Now, the rowers got to stare into the blackness. This prompted scary stories. Good ones were shared, and finally we had light again. The mood lightened. All of a sudden, off to starboard, we all see something leaving a ripple. Descriptions all agreed it was round in shape, supported by a thin stem leading into the water, presumably to a larger body. It followed us for maybe 30 meters, 
then dropped into the water without a trace, no splash, just the trailing ripple it had behind its stem. Five of us saw the same thing. No one said a word until it was gone. Still have no idea what it was. I packed into Hammersley Wild Area in upstate Pennsylvania a few years ago with a friend. I brought along a new set of Motorola walkies and after we set up camp my buddy decided to hike up to the ridge behind us so we could mess around with them. He was about three quarters of the way up and long out of sight of me when he keyed his radio to say something. At the exact same time I heard what sounded like a loud growl or roar from off in the distance. There was a bit of delay on my walkie-talkie and then I heard the growl come over the speaker followed by my buddy saying WTF was that? He came back down in a hurry. No idea what made the sound but it was eerie as hell. Another night in the same area we had a pack of coyotes circling our tent and howling like banshees. Not much sleep was had that night. We sighted what we believed to be a Bigfoot while driving to the coast on Little Used Smith River Road. We were driving the convertible and Mel was taping the road as we drove. The Bigfoot or whatever it was came from behind a tree and ran quickly into the woods. It was about two football fields away and was in the video for a very short time. It appeared silver at that distance and seemed to run with its hands at its side. Alright, my eyes are watering because even thinking about this memory frightens me. I used to live in a small section of New York called Sullivan County, which was known for bad reception, rednecks, and all types of addicts. Needless to say it is not the best of areas, nor the most populated. I was seated in the driver's seat of my boyfriend's car as he drove towards his uncle's home. We had to go there to make a pit stop and afterwards we were going to pick up one of our friends and take him home. On the way driving to DJ's, my boyfriend, uncle, we ran into a bit of a car jam, extra rare for lack of people, in which there was a car on fire in the middle of an intersection less than 15 feet from us. The moon was bright above us, and as I looked at the burning car I swore I could hear screams. The moon legit seemed to turn pinkish, and as my blood curdled I yelped for DJ to find another road. I am an empath, as well as he, and I could tell we were both having a physical as well as a spiritual impact by what we were seeing. He backed up and took a side road to his unks which was about 25 minutes longer than the normal route. On our little shortcut through spoopy woods we almost ran over a red fox that literally jumped from some bushes followed five minutes later by a gigantic panic stag running straight through our headlights, nearly crashing into the front portion of our car, as it bounded through the road into forest. Female doe were all the occurrence but a male stag that gigantic, and a red fox were incredibly rare. When we got to his uncle's driveway, we sat and spoke in low voices about what we had seen, and I was shook. At the moment I was saying to him that I felt death in the air a bird of some kind came and flew straight into his uncle's truck, which was parked in front of us. I yelped and ran to check on it. It had broken its neck and looked like a sweet brown bird from what I could see. My boyfriend didn't let me spend much time on the lil thing, as he pushed me into the front door. The night got scarier from there but I think I'm done recounting for now. During hunting season, headed to a clear cut before first light. What we thought was a bear at first came down the bank to the right of the truck onto the road directly in front of us, approximately 10 yards away, stopped looked over and then took off down the bank on the opposite side of the road. Several distinct things to me were the fact that its eyes were bright yellow, from the headlights, which usually indicates a predator i.e. cougars, bobcats, wolves etc. Also it moved at a high rate of speed down the mountain as soon as my friend began to exit the truck. By high rate of speed I mean inhuman, like a scared elk or something, and it was pretty steep terrain. I was on a hunting trip with my family. I remember it was very cold. 
saw a small amount of snow. I looked down in the mud and clearly saw a human footprint in the mud. I showed one of my family members, as we laughed and joked about Bigfoot. Ha ha, Bigfoot. Later, we started to think that print was in the middle of nowhere, freezing cold. We tried to go back and locate the track but never found it. I wish I could have gotten a cast of it. For years I lived in a little country town, my house was pretty far back in it, about 20-30 minutes from the nearest small city. To get back to my house from the city you'd need to drive down a few paved roads, then turn onto a dirt road that is just straight for about 5 miles, then turns into a typical winding country road. One night, I turned onto the dirt road and, after a few miles, I noticed a light on the side of the road that was still very far away. The section of the road I was on didn't have any houses, only woods, and the houses that were nearest were still about 3 miles down the road, plus located down their own little roads. It was completely pitch black, and something was weird about the light, like it was shaking. Like when someone is messing with you by reflecting the sun into your eyes off a shiny surface, they can't quite keep it still in your eyes, so it moves around quickly. The light stayed only pointing down the road in my direction though, it was easy to spot as it was right on the side of the road on a pitch black night. As I got closer, my headlights began to light up the source of the light. It was a man, walking. I'm not a racist but I can't say the same for the town I lived in, as a result, very few African Americans live there. I mention this because the man holding the light was African American. So it was a bit odd to see any non-white person walking alongside the road, let alone this late at night. Something else was off though, the man was wearing an all-fitting, odd outfit of what looked like white burlap, as if he had taken a few burlap sacks, torn them up and sewn them together. He was also holding a white paper bag with some sort of liquid covering the bottom, like it had spilled in the bag. Another thing was the fact that Tiz Road had virtually no walking space, and most of what was on the side of the road were ditches to move rainwater. Now even all of this isn't what spooked me. He was walking in an eerily steady pace, with a dead look on his face, going the same direction I was heading. It took me probably 10 seconds of staring to realize that, although he was heading away from me, his flashlight was pointing toward me. He was holding it backward in a fist, didn't even turn to look at me as I passed. I still don't have a clue how he could see to walk along the pitch black road, why he was there, or what was in his bag, but I sure as hell didn't stop to find out. Doing a road trip with a friend of mine, driving from Tennessee to California. We planned out many stops along the way, trying to take in the sights of the country and avoid expensive hotels by camping. We had made it all the way down to Arizona and stopped in Flagstaff for dinner. Our next stop was to drive down to Sedona and camp at a free camping ground right off the interstate. When our exit came up it was well into the dark hours. We pulled off and the exit immediate turned into gravel road, strange but no problem my jeep could handle it. The road turned from gravel to just massive rocks as tall trees seemed to surround us from now where. Our GPS cut out and we began to wonder if we were lost. My friend then took the opportunity to begin telling alien abduction stories, which seemed harmless at first. We continued for a few more miles till we found a spot we figured we could camp out. As we pulled up, even before we got out my friend said he thought he saw something moving along with us. I in disbelief, yet still freaked out enough by the alien stories, stopped the car. We waited and sure enough I saw it too, one shadowy figure, no two, no three. Then more than I could count but just outside of light so we couldn't make them out completely. Finally when all the previous figures passed the last one, something looking 11 or 12 feet tall stood looking at us. We didn't sit for a moment longer, I put the car in gear and drove for another 5 miles. Needless to say we were shook and making ridiculous assumptions on what we saw. We camped on that road but stayed in the car. I didn't sleep well, I cannot say about my friend. 
Come morning time our worries were put to rest. Around 5 a.m. a group of hunters came by us as we were getting up. Turns out the road was a prime spot for hunters to camp and hunt elk. They told us that they had spotted a herd some 30 to 40 strong and let us borrow their binoculars to check them out maybe a half mile off from our campsite. We continued down the road which led directly into Sedona and ran into our 12 feet friend from the night before, a massive moose. I'd never seen one before and had never known how huge they could get. He wandered across the path in front of us, took one look and walked away. We sure were far more scared than need be but having never been in that area and the state of mind we were in telling alien stories sure worked us up. My family and I were making our way back home to Colorado from Texas. We made it home somewhere around 1am, but mom wanted to unpack the car that night so we wouldn't have to deal with it the following day. We lived out on an 80-acre piece of land about an hour east of Colorado Springs, and our nearest neighbors weren't for miles. It was pretty desolate. We didn't have electricity or running water, the goal was to be off the grid. The sky was clear, beautiful, stars everywhere. No sign of any bad weather. As we were unloading the car, though, out of nowhere we got hit with a fog so dense, you couldn't shine a light through it. You couldn't see your hands unless you touched them up to your face. It was already cold enough, and the sudden fog didn't help. The four of us froze in our tracks and called to one another. I managed to find the car, and clung to it for dear life. My mother was closest to the house and she managed to get to the door and unlock it. After that, we called to one another to see who was close to whom, what we were close to when the fog hit, and then mom would call back. This went on for a solid 40 minutes. The fog did not go away. My father finally found me, and from there tracked down my sister. He tied ropes to our waists so we wouldn't lose one another. He echoed back and forth with my mother, which took another 20 minutes. The fog still wasn't gone. Finally, at long last, like a ghost popping through a wall, my mother appeared in front of us. We all got into the house immediately and warmed up in front of the propane heater. We looked out the windows and it was as if someone had painted them over so you couldn't see out. Somewhere around 14 people died that night from the fog. It was one of the weirdest natural occurrences I'd ever experienced. I want to say I was 11 years old. Needless to say, from then on we only arrived home during the day if possible. If not, we'd stay in a hotel rather than risk dying in our front yard. One time I was solo camping and I had my first lucid dream slash nightmare that ended up not being lucid for a bunch of it. The reason I mention it was because it took place at the spot I was camping. In the dream I woke up to people rustling and a voice speaking incredible lowly and slowly in Latin or something and I immediately got up and unzipped my tent and saw nothing and then quiet, and after like two minutes of sitting there terrified I opened and got out to see my family frozen, eyes wide open staring behind me where I previously checked and I turned around in the face of this grotesque horned demon which was these deep purple and black, and as soon as I made eye contact I froze from fear with that feeling of adrenaline you get when that happens and just was stick starting in this thing's eyes and my family and this one man I didn't recognize silently almost hovered next to me all frozen not able to control ourselves in this demon's gaze, and then without break eye contact, he pointed to my left and then in this bizarre deep and powerful but quiet voice he told us to go to the house. So right spooky nightmare woke up in an insane sweat from a combination of craziest and most recent nightmare of my life and being in a sleeping bag. But what really kick it is I almost forgot about the thing two hours later, had already had some jerky for breakfast packed everything up and wandered around with my pack enjoying this morning before I headed home and not 15 minutes later I came across an abandoned house that had no reason being where we were for so many reasons. And as I saw this abandoned house froze, staring at it. I managed to walk at it directly, not even at an off angle. I felt like the demon from my dreams might as well have been in that house staring at me. And after what seemed like ages I ran in the opposite direction, 
past my sight and back where I originally came from towards the nearest trail a mile or two away. I don't know how my unconscious mind would have known there was a house there to put it into my dream, I hope it was the most terrifying coincidence of my life. I have always wondered what would have happened if I went into that house. While camping, my then boyfriend and I decided to go on a night hike. We were near a large lake, and knew that there was a really idyllic meadow somewhere along it. It had snowed recently, so everything was really pristine and quiet. Expecting a fairly tranquil experience, we both took a low-dose acid, we knew it was, since we had done tabs from the same slip before. To get the full effect of the night sky, we opted not to use flashlights and just let our eyes acclimate to the dark. Things went well for a while, the lake was beautiful, reflecting a full moon with untouched soft snow or sand on the banks. However, as we left the banks to walk further into the forest for the aforementioned meadow the mood sort of shifted. It may have just been the acid, it had already started to hit while we walked along the lake, but the quiet suddenly felt stifling and every sound or movement stood out a lot more. People in comments before me have mentioned a feeling of dread or being unwelcome, and I'd say I definitely experienced that. Since I was on acid, I figured the best thing to do was to just ignore it and be positive, lest I give in to a bad trip. But as we walked further, everything felt heavier around me, and all I wanted to do was stop and look around. Being the easily spooked, and borderline superstitious, person that I am, I somehow thought that I definitely should not look over my shoulder. I walked resolutely, keeping my eyes on my feet, when I started to hear footsteps that just barely didn't align with what I'd expect from an echo. They were coming from behind me, and my boyfriend was ahead of me. All I could think to myself was you're on acid, just chill on a loop. But I could just feel something just beyond my line of sight. I told myself I was being paranoid, and just kept staring at my feet. Finally, we reached the meadow, and it was such a relief. We were literally out of the woods and back on the safe banks of the lake. We sat on a log or something and just caught our breath and enjoyed the moment. We were barely there for a couple minutes when this thick fog rolled from the forest and lake. It moved quickly, with little tendrils of fog creeping ahead, curling around the rocks and flowers at our feet. Finally, I just gave in to my paranoia and told my boyfriend we needed to leave, now. He hadn't been as spooked as I was, and actually liked the fog, but agreed to go. As we left the meadow and got onto an established exit trail back to the campsite, I looked back at the lakeside and saw a dark shape in the fog standing at the banks. That's when I absolutely noped and jogged back, with my phone light and a flashlight on in my hands. 2. This one is short. A palate cleanser, if you will. Towards the beginning of that hike, before the acid really hit, and as we were walking along the banks, I started to hear snorting and cracking branches. I got spooked, expecting a bear, unrealistic for the area, but I'd seen one while camping before, or some shit, and was ready to bail. Had my lights on, ready to scare some animal away, when this big-ass dog with a wagging tail and lolling tongue runs into the clearing my boyfriend and I were in. I immediately squealed in delight and opened my arms to the dog. It came at me, all licks and snuggles. A couple seconds after, about three more dogs run in, all different breeds. I'm in dog heaven. They are all friendly and cute and it's killing me. We hear some short, loud, whistles and this big Santa-looking guy comes into the clearing too. The dogs immediately heal, all relaxed. Turns out he lives off-grid nearby and enjoys raising-slash-training dogs. They just finished their hike and were heading home in the opposite direction. The big adorable one was an Alaskan Malamut. The others were a German Shepherd, a Pit Bull, and a mixed Terrier type. All deadly cute. When I was younger my family and I would go to this tiny town in Missouri to visit my great-grandma. The town only had about 600 residents and was one of the bigger ones in the surrounding area. While down there we decided to visit a family-owned farm which was about 30 minutes away by car. 
My grandma at the time was very into photography, specifically rural abandoned houses. As we were driving towards the farm we saw an old beaten up house that my grandma wanted to take some photos of so we took a small detour and drove up the gravel road to the house. Being kids, my cousins and I really wanted to go and explore the inside of the house, which we were allowed to do with the exception that we weren't allowed to go to the second floor in fear that it would cave in. My cousins and I started exploring the house, which was even worse on the inside. In the living room there was a huge hole in the ceiling due to collapsed rotting wood. There were mushrooms growing on the carpet and the staircase to the second floor had fallen down, removing any hope of us sneaking up there. Just as we were about to leave my cousins and I were interrupted by my aunt who was angrily yelling at us to get outside. Apparently she had seen one of us standing at the window on the second floor which she had specifically told us not to go to. After explaining that the staircase had caved in and there was literally no way of us getting upstairs she calmed down. I asked my aunt what the person looked like and she described it as simply looking like a dark figure of a person which I know sounds pretty indescriptive. She also said that she assumed it was just dark inside the house and that's why she couldn't see any features and that the person moved away from the window once she started yelling. I don't have any pictures of the house but I know that my grandma was using that hipstamatic app and maybe posted them to Instagram? I'd have to check. Every year me and some buddies go into the mountains for a week of camping, hunting, and riding dirt bikes. We stay at my family cabin which is 20 miles from the nearest city and anywhere really. One of the nights we decide to all ride up to a meadow we found on a previous ride and camp there under the stars. Now this meadow is off the beaten path. The road getting there is blocked by a fallen tree so we know no hunters or other people can even go past this section. We ride around and get to the campsite a few miles down the road. After starting a fire and arranging our beds we are all laying under all the stars and just looking up at the beautiful night sky. We see a few satellites and shooting stars and after an hour or so it gets quieter as we start to just look up and about to fall asleep. Then all of a sudden a huge object comes floating across the sky just above the tall redwoods. I was like guys WTF is that? We are all just staring up as this plane comes flying over, but it looked like a stealth fighter jet and it was completely silent. Super freaky because of how close it was to the tops of the trees and how big it was since it was that close. Also it flew directly over us. Next morning to add to the story we ended up camping on a bear trail. Lots of poop and you could tell there was a trail worn through the woods. Luckily he didn't find a bunch of human burritos in the middle of his path at 2 am. In 1991 I had moved to the Oxford Hills region of Maine and began exploring the forest. I would kill a day exploring. Make your way to a stream or a snowmobile trail and find your way back to civilization. One day I got into an area that was pretty far off. I had to cross a waist-deep river and a couple small creeks before coming upon this ridge leading up to a flat-topped hill covered with tall trees. My goal was to get a top and see if I could spot a way out better than how I got in. Atop the hill I saw something amongst the trees and thought my eyes were playing tricks on me. I walked right up to it. It was a 1980s school bus in pretty damn good condition. The trees boxing it in were 40 or so feet tall birch trees. There were no obvious paths it could have driven on to get there. So, seeing it was less than 10 years old. I can only assume someone stole it when it was new, and maybe a path in washed out in the years since. Every year for the past five year I've gone camping in Ludington, Michigan with my grandparents. At the state park, there is a trail where you can hike out to the lighthouses. On this trail there is a campsite with no running water, electricity, or any way to contact the campsite without hiking maybe one half a mile. It was for experienced campers and hikers. On this particular trip we decided we were going to go all in and camp at that other campsite. We went late in the season so nobody else would be there. 
When we go there we were super excited and brought way too much stuff. It took us almost an hour to hike a one half mile but, we made the trek without a hitch. It was just me and my grandparents, nobody else was there and we happily spread our stuff out and prepared for a fun night of singing and telling stories by the fire. We did have a fun night but, when we finished taking care of everything and decided to go to bed we couldn't find the key to lock up our cooler full of food. We dismissed it and stupidly left the cooler outside with stuff stacked on top of it thinking that it would be enough to hold back any animal that may come across it. During the night multiple times I heard people talking I could never quite make out what they were saying but I was so sure I heard it and I swore I saw a hand press on our tent. I jumped straight into my grandma's sleeping bag after that. The next morning on one of our chairs we found the key, with a flower poke trough the loop. No food was missing except a loaf of bread. And the boxes stacked on the cooler exactly how we had left them. We were thoroughly perplexed and spent the next night in the bed of our truck. I don't know what happened. It might have been an animal of some kind or we may have been robbed by lost hikers, but I to this day am freaked out by what happened and I can't hike that trail without feeling uneasy.